Welcome to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share eye-opening experiences that help them and can help all of us shift focus, gain perspective, and see ourselves, our world, and our place in it in a whole new way. Today's guest is David Glazner. Welcome to our show, David. Oh, thanks, Kit. Um, David was born and raised in Texas, has several degrees from Texas A&I in Kingsville and Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. David served two years active duty in the U.S. Army as a Signal Corps officer and did a tour of duty in Vietnam as a detachment commander at a Tropo Scatter radio repeater station. In civilian life, he worked as a minister of education and in data entry. He's married, has two adult children, and three grandchildren who no doubt benefit from his years as a therapist in marriage and family counseling and at an adolescent treatment center. David, I see you as honest, thoughtful, resourceful, diligent, and private. So it's really an honor that you decided to be on my show today. How do you see yourself? Well, I'm still trying to digest all that you said there. I uh, really don't have much of a self-image of myself, but uh, I seek to be an active member of the society in which I live here and enjoy life that uh, God has allowed me to experience my 80 years. Always tell the truth. Be honest with other people. Do unto them as you would have them to do unto you. All that that my parents taught me and I have sought to practice. Uh, They were both also native Texans. My dad was born in 1899, so you can imagine his life. He was in the First World War. My mother was a school teacher. Her first teaching was on the King Ranch in Kingsville. We lived in San Antonio where I was born, and I have a, a brother five years older than me, so uh, I'm the baby of the family. But we, we were very blessed in that our parents raised us as Christians, took us to church. As my pastor says, I was drugged to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. But uh, I have not suffered from that in that I've been able to follow what I felt was a calling when I was 17 years of age. And I pursued that to be, as you stated, Kit, to be a minister of education for 19 years. Today, we want to talk a little bit more about your experiences you were growing up and how those shaped you into the person that you are today. Well, let's see. Since I had a brother five years older than me, I'm sure he took care of things. Uh, My mother was a piano teacher at home, stay-at-home mom. My dad was a milk delivery man, delivering food to homes. It was a very pleasant time for me. I was a Cub Scout. My mother was a den mother, had friends in the neighborhood. It was a wonderful time until I was in the fifth grade. And they told me that I was not smart enough to go on to the sixth grade, and they were going to hold me back. And my parents didn't like that, so they put me in a private school. I did okay. Then my dad lost his job. And it was a troubling time for us, and he uh, decided to purchase a neighborhood grocery store. So from about the sixth grade until I graduated from high school, that was my job. Not just the summer, but all the time, working in the grocery store. And that was a very formative time for me. We were going to church. Uh, my parents were Christian. We uh, went to church every opportunity we got, as Baptists do, going Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I remember it as a good time for me, but, you know, I don't have many memories of what my brother did. 
And I've wondered about that now that I'm 80 years old. He's still alive, but we're not close. And so I miss that. But uh, did okay. Didn't have any serious problems. Yeah, there were accidents and things like that. Neighborhood kids, you know, we learned how to smoke a cigarette and got sick and didn't do that anymore. But we didn't do anything else. Didn't cause any problem in the neighborhood. But uh, lost track of that when uh, I went off to college. But uh, I think all in all, God was taking care of me. I became a Christian at age seven and continued going to church. And then in uh, high school, going to youth camp and things like that, I discovered that God had a plan for my life. And uh, I dedicated my life to him, rededicated it in church, and committed myself to uh, whatever he wanted for me in the future. Well, that must have been interesting. I, I wonder if you could go back and uh, show your co- many college degrees to those who in fifth grade didn't think you had it in you. I just I loved how that story turned out. What caused you to persevere? Why did you, and maybe you didn't know, did you know you were smarter than that and they just didn't see it? Or did no. that make you fight no. harder for it? Or I even had a teacher in, in high school that didn't think I was college material. And, uh, you know, I... I don't know what persisted, kept me going, uh, other than my parents, my mother mainly. Uh, my brother, when he graduated from high school, went off to A&M. So when I was 17 years old, he started college, whatever that figures out there, 19. No, it's when he graduated. That's right. He graduated from college in 1957, and I was 17 years old. So, uh, you know, he was already out starting life. But uh, no. I, I had a hard time in college, though. Let me, let me go back. I went to A&M thinking, hey, my brother went there. Me too. Not. I wasn't cut out to be an engineer like him. I failed my first year in college. So that was kind of devastating. I couldn't go to college anymore. I had to lay out a year. I had to go home and work. And, but I went to junior college and took some of those courses that I had failed. And uh, my brother suggested I try a different college. So. I did. Hey, guess what? God was there too. That's where I met my wife. Graduated with a degree in psychology and said, okay, God, what's next? Uh, I, I can only have no uh, definite reason to think otherwise, but I, I think it was God's work in my life, plus what my parents had instilled in me as a child. To uh, So what? Something doesn't work out, there's something else that will. And that's the way it happened. So I switched from my first year of college of trying to be an engineer to uh, graduate with a BA in psychology. And I didn't make all A's every year, but I did much better, obviously. And I was in ROTC, so I got commissioned in the Army. And so I had a commitment to serve active duty for two years in the Army. And again, God was with me there because I went off to Vietnam and came home safe and sound, no problem, no injuries, nothing like that. And uh, then I went to seminary. During that time, trying to figure out what to do next, that was when I came, uh, how shall I say it? Uh, God put a scripture in my mind uh, after reading in Galatians 6, 2, I believe it is, bear ye one another burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what better way to do that than to be a counselor? Someone to, I would be a someone that another person could talk with, whether it be 
a religious nature or otherwise. And so that's what I went to seminary to do. Well, guess what? They didn't have a degree in counseling at that time. So I said, okay, God, what now? And I was married. My wife and I prayed about this. So I decided, well, I'm being trained as a minister of education, so let's go do that for a while and see how it turns out. Well, 19 years later, I did it. But then that door closed. And for some reason, the church, the fifth church I was serving as our minister of education, pastor and deacon chairman called me in and said, no, we need you to go someplace else. We don't want you here anymore. You know, words to that effect. That was not easy to take because by then we had adopted two children, had to decide what to do. My son was a uh, senior in high school at the time, and it was devastating to the whole family to think that, okay, for 19 years we've been doing something. It seemed to be going well. What's going on here? So it, it was a struggle. Lots of different jobs after that. Nothing really took other than when I began to work at a place called RAPHA, R-A-P-H-A, as a teaching assistant during the year with a teacher, because they had to have school there for the kids, either high school kids. And I was a summer, what was it called? Mental health worker, I believe. So I did that. It's been a few years ago. A little bit foggy, foggy in the background there, but I did that. And there was a man there that was one of the therapists, had his doctor's degree in counseling, and he was a seminary graduate just like me. But his was different because he was uh, younger than me. I was older. And uh, he said, well, David, gee whiz, why don't you go back to seminary and get a degree in counseling? So I did. Went back and got another master's degree, but this time in marriage and family counseling. So I thought, okay. This is what God wants me to do. That lasted four years. Uh, I tried to do individual myself in a position the church gave me a room to use. And I had some customers, shall we say, counselees, but it wasn't enough to provide an income. Well, God opened the door to work with a psychiatrist in Duncanville, being a therapist at a hospital facility for adults dual diagnosis there for alcohol and drug abuse as well as the mental issues. And so I did that for oh, a year or so. And then he opened another facility that was a sort of a day place and uh, was not an inpatient. But then all of a sudden the Medicare plans changed and he no, no longer received reimbursement for my services. So he put me out on the street. I lost my job again. And that was difficult. What to do next? Found several places that I could work doing data entry. Now, who would have ever thought that with a college and two master's degree, I would be doing data entry like a secretary? Now, not demeaning that position, but, you know, I really thought I had more to offer the world. But it provided an income. I worked at two different places. One of them closed and moved, so I had to get another job someplace else. And worked warehouse work, several different things with Kelly Services. I worked at GTE for a while. Uh, it's a long list. But God kept providing possibilities for me, where to work. And all through this, my wife was a school teacher. Thank the Lord. A steady income. She provided the inco income that the family needed. 
that made up for my less than normal income, but it did work. We continued to go to church. We did not turn our back on God. We just felt like, well, he's got something else for me to do. I was still dedicated to serving whatever, and we had various jobs in our church. And all through this, we had fellowship with other believers at church. Uh, There was times when we couldn't pay our mortgage bill. We didn't ask, but somebody at church gave us $300 to pay bills that month. And obviously, we rejoiced, and we thanked the Lord for that. He provided. There's so many scripture where God tells us to look unto me. I'll open the windows of heaven for you. And, and unfortunately, my wife was a bit of a worrywart, but I never felt worried. I never felt concerned. Yeah, well, I guess I was concerned. Gee whiz, I have to admit that. But not to the extent that I was wringing my hands and wailing, oh, God, why are you doing this to me? I, I, I didn't do that. I questioned, obviously, and he provided answers when there was time for it. I love your resiliency. At no point did you give up. When things were challenging at school, you persevered and excelled and got many degrees. When things were challenging at work, you didn't say, oh, woe is me. You got up and you you even switched careers, which I think is challenging for a lot of people. Um, You just, uh, when things were challenging as a parent, you didn't give up. What's in you that says, I'm not giving up? God just did it with the parents instilling in me as a young child, showing me because, my, as I said, my dad lost his job. He took something else. He had never owned a grocery store before. It wasn't successful, but it provided an income and a place for us to live. My mother continued to be a school teacher. She even got a master's degree in library science. And so that was just I get genes in the DNA. What do, what do you say? I don't know. It's interesting, the parallelism there between his life and yours. Yeah, it is. What are some of your favorite promises, the ones that sustained you during that time? I can't really pinpoint what specifically gave me that, to just persist and keep going and to believe that something is going to open up, something is going to turn up, something is going to allow me to continue to serve God to work for him. And, you know, after leaving church work, I have not been an active minister as such. But as a counselor there with talking with people for those four years, I did share with them a belief in Jesus and to encourage them the same, to follow that same path. Uh, There's just so much there that is, is not really possible to explain it to someone without saying, okay, here's the Bible. Do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Read what it says. Pray about it. The Holy Spirit will guide you. That seems to be the key to your resiliency and also the key to your lack of worry. It seems that faith really carried you through those challenging times because you knew it wasn't inevitably on you. It was on God to provide and to show himself faithful. Now, I, I didn't sit at home and say, okay, God, it's your turn. Work a miracle. No, I knocked on doors. I made calls. I went out. I put feet to my faith, practicing what I believe that seek ye first the heaven, seek ye first. Let's see, what's the rest of that? Anyway, I, I did. Yeah. I, I put feet to my faith to believe that God would provide if I would go and do my part. And I think that's in Scripture. 
You've already spoken several times about this one. I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope, because several times you already said, I knew there was a plan. It may not have been my plan, but God's plan certainly directed what we did. Nothing comes to mind offhand other than reading through new scripture, excuse me, New Testament, the beliefs that were put to practice there, uh, Old Testament and Psalm and Proverbs. It's uh, such a wealth of scripture that finding a modern day version, I think, speaks better. There were several times when I would be reading King James, and I thought, what in the world does that mean? And then as I got to college, I, I discovered that there are some modern, not translations, but versions, paraphrase. Uh, it, it really made Scripture come alive for me in reading the Phillips. And I believe his is an actual translation. And uh, even the message that puts it down to modern-day words, to uh, Psalm 23, of all of the difficulties that David went through. And, you know, he came through it. He had some ups and downs. And I don't know if that's why my parents named me David, but I, I believed that my life was something that would amount to something someday. And I can't say that it has, other than the fact that my son is a chaplain in the Army today. And just recently, I was going through some things he had written to me, and it really, it really moved me to read what he said. Uh, how that he is a father now, and he realizes that he is doing what I taught him, and he's following my example. And his kids today, one is a college senior and one is a college sophomore. The grandson, who is a sophomore, is going off to be a summer missionary in Yellowstone National Park this summer. And the granddaughter is going to, who is older, is going to summer camp to get ready for being a senior in ROTC in college. And we only, only God knows what's in store for them. My, my youngest granddaughter is going this coming weekend to visit with her aunt and uncle to work in their vacation Bible school. And so I'm so thankful that God has helped all three of them to learn of him and to become a believer in Jesus Christ and to carry on the family tradition. I, I told my grandson recently, and he's named after me, I said, well, David, you know, your great-grandfather, if I'm saying that right, my father's father was a lay minister, a preacher, and my own father, who didn't ever actually preach, but he was going to be a lay minister also. So, What's that? One, two, three, four generations later, my grandson is doing something to help others believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I think sometimes the most noble thing we can do is pass the baton from one generation to the next, and you've certainly been faithful to do that. David didn't have a lot of things growing up, but he had everything that mattered. A family who loved him and taught him about faith in God, love of country, right from wrong, a strong work ethic, and how to keep his head up when things got hard. Like the biblical hero David, David Glazner would face his own giant. 
that only faith could overcome. Hopefully, dear listener, you are finding inspiration and encouragement to strengthen you in your own battles. Or maybe you know someone who would be helped by hearing this podcast. Please share it with them. You can also visit nis.media for any shows or blogs you may have missed. You could sign up for our newsletter there, or you can contact me with your questions and comments. You can also leave a comment on Facebook, Kit McCarty, NIS. Now, back to our show. Who or what gave you the ability to persevere? Again, I would say it was just the stability that I had as a child growing up and knowing that my parents were always going to be there to love me, to wrap their arms around me when I needed some support. And then as an active adult to experience the same thing from my wife and I'm not sure exactly how best to answer that question, but it was just all of that together went to make it possible for me to continue in spite of what was going on around me. Um, let's circle back a little bit. Uh, so you were in the military. Yes. Your son's career military. Yes. And your granddaughter is going into the military. Yes, and my daughter-in-law was in active duty four years after college as a nurse. Tell me about that. Where did, where did that start? Where was that patriotism born? Her father was in the military. I don't think he was a career, but uh, they met in college, just like my wife and I did. She graduated a year after him. They got married. He was already out and had served six months active duty to begin his commitment. And he was going to seminary to begin his practice or or study to become a minister. They got married, and then she had to serve her four years at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And he pastored a church there while going to seminary. And after the four years, he applied for and accepted as a chaplain. And then began his uh, service as an Army chaplain. And now he's a colonel. He, he started out as a second lieutenant, just like I got, did from college and his wife. He's been in, I think, 24 years now. Wow. You have seen a lot of changes in your lifetime. We all experience change in 2020. What helped you navigate those difficult days? Through pr- prayer, meditation, discussing it with my wife, went to visit with my pastor at the time, uh, through it all, and the uh, love and uh, uh, concern and uh, with, with other people in the church at the time and then here locally, we've been doing that as well. Missed that during this pandemic time, of course, but uh, the, the concern of other people has made a difference. Is there one thing that you would like to encourage people with as we close out our conversation today? Anything that you would say has been um, important to you, maybe a thread that's tied your life together, or just one thing to share? Well, just that if life gives you a lemon, make lemonade or lemon pie. If things are not looking good, stop and think, take a breath. If you believe in God, say a prayer. Things will get better if you allow them to do that. I'm not trying to say it's going to happen every time, but I would say nine times out of ten it will. This too shall pass. It will get better. 
it's amazing to me that sometimes people become so upset about something that's happening, and then whatever length of time, year, five years, whatever, they can look back on it and say, what in the world was I thinking? That was not a big deal. That was not serious. Well, that's basically what I have believed in, that yes, I've had some illnesses. I've had prostate cancer. I've had skin cancer on my lip. Uh, through it all, God took care of me. I'm cancer-free today. Uh, I, I don't know that it's something that I've done. I eat well. I don't exercise like I should, but then, you know, uh, I, I do the best I can with my wife's help. And through it all, I, I believe that God is going to take care. If I do my part, he'll do the rest. Well, thank you. This has been a fun interview. And I, listeners, if you've enjoyed this, you can get in touch with David through my website at nis.media. Leave your comments there, or you can find us on Facebook at Kit McCarty NIS. Thanks. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed our show today, please tell your friends. Like and subscribe so you'll receive future notifications when our next shows become available. Visit our website, nis.media, for show notes, bonus content, contact information for our special guests, and access to their products and ours. Or perhaps you'd like to leave a comment, a perspective on our show today, or share an eye-opening experience of your own. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's nis.media. Special thanks to our technical director, Jim Wilson, music by Rebecca Salazar. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. I look forward to seeing you again soon.